declare once again, God is good. All the time. Man, I am so thankful that He is on the throne. That I don't have to be. That you don't have to be. <laughs> that He's in charge. And uh, I'm thankful for that today. Uh, you know, the Bible tells us, and this is not in the message today, the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. And uh, some some of us take that literal and it's hard to... It's hard to do sometimes, but while you think about it today, as, uh, as we go through this next time, yes, Bruce? <laughs> we don't want you to share that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 He is good. Let's. Would would uh, would you do me a favor this morning? And as you think a bit, think of it, and as you uh, would you just say a prayer for me uh, as we go through this message? Uh, the Lord's been working in my life this week, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, but I covet your prayers, and uh, especially this morning, if that'd be all right with you. Um, let's just pray once again. God, thank you so much for what you're going to do today. You're in charge. We trust you and we give you this time. <laughs> Do with it as you please. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you have uh, ever watched a game show? Let me ask it this way. How many of you have never watched a game show? One. All right. Grace, you just volunteered to be on the game show today. <laughs> there was a game show uh, fad that went and it crossed, and I think there's a little bit that's coming back if you do watch any kind of television. And I'm, I'm glad it's game shows and not some other smut that could be there. Uh, I can actually sit down and watch a game show with my kids and my family, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, but anyway, there was a game show that, that happened, oh, Pastor Greg and I were talking, it's, it's got to be way over 10 years old now. Um, who wants to be a millionaire? How many of you have ever seen that show? Yeah. Um, that show uh, was, it, it was a craze. It, it, went, it went crazy, and Regis Philbin was the, the original host of that show, and their goal was to answer these trivia questions, and to, they would increase in difficulty as you went up the ladder, and uh, monetary value with each one. And then at the end of the game, if you, if you would answer the questions right, you could win a million dollars. And it did happen. Some of those shows, you wonder, they really win that money. It, it did happen a few times on that show. I remember watching some of those episodes. But one of the key factors of this show was that you didn't have to do it alone. You were sitting in the chair alone. You were answering the questions by yourself. But the the, the whole premise of the show, they gave you three lifelines that you could use that would help you continue on in the show. And, and those three lifelines were, if I remember correctly, there was a 50-50 option. And what that would do is that would remove two of the four multiple choice answers, and then you got to choose between the two that were remaining. If you're like me, you could have a 50-50 choice, and for me, I choose the wrong one 90% of the time. That's the 50-50-90 rule. 
uh, yeah, I don't like that one. Then they had another one that was pull the audience. And so then the live audience that was there, they would have these push button. This was before all the craze of technology, but they had these little devices there in their seats and they would press their, their choice and the, they'd show the results real in real time. And it was pretty cool. And then the last one was really cool because then it was called the phone a friend. And you could call somebody that you thought knew the answer and knew the material better than you did, and you could get help. I remember watching one of the episodes where somebody went all the way to the million dollars and they got all the way to the million dollar question, and they hadn't used any of their lifelines yet. And so Regis is sitting there and, and they said, what do you want to do? And he's like, well, I know the answer. I just want to call my phone a friend. And Regis is like, what do you want to do? He goes, I want to tell my friend I just want a million dollars. So they did. They called. He used the phone a friend. That was his final answer. And he called his friend. He goes, I just want you to know that I'm going to win a million dollars. And he was so excited for him. And he did answer the question right. And, and he won a million dollars. And it was a great celebration. The confetti dropped and all of that good stuff. And it was, it was fun. So I wanted to play our own version of PCN CLG 2.0. Who wants to not be a millionaire? Uh, I don't have a a million dollars to give you, but I do have a prize. So I need a volunteer who's willing to be on the game show today. Anybody? Grace, come on down. Yeah. Grace, give Grace a hand. Grace, Grace has never seen a game show, so she is going to be in for a treat. What's that? I might have when I was little and forgot. Okay, all right, let's come down here, come down front where the spotlight is, is heavier down here, okay? Just, I'm told that this is a, a big step, so just don't get to the Are too close. Sure? Okay. Yeah, yeah, don't get too close. Anyway, so I've got five questions for you. They are general knowledge questions, and I'm going to give you all three of those lifelines, okay? So there's not a 50-50 because all of these only have three guesses instead of four, but... Russ, I don't know the math, so we're going to give you like a 33 and a third chance or something like that. Then you're going to have the poll the audience, and they'll all get to raise their hands, and you'll get to decide which one's right. And then the ultimate lifeline, you can ask one person if you don't know the question. But you can only use each one one time, okay? So there's five questions. You have three lifelines. You've got a pretty good chance of winning, okay? I'm trepidatious. All right, so here's your first Here's your first question, okay? And, and keep in mind, I'm trying to, trying to help you here, okay? The, the Apple iPad, which is what I preach from, is a really cool piece of technology, okay? So here's your question, okay? The Apple iPad was introduced to all of us in production in what year? Here are your choices. A, 1907. <laughs> B, 2018, or C, 2010? C. Is that your final answer? Yes. She's correct. Give her a hand. Yeah, 2010. 2010. She didn't need those lifelines. Yeah. All right, here we go. Question number two. What is the highest mountain in the world? A, Pikes Peak, B, the Grand Canyon, <laughs> C, Mount Everest. 
She's struggling with this one. Because she's thinking what I think. The Grand Canyon is a mountain, a reverse mountain, right? Yeah, yeah. What's your answer? Mm, I don't know. This is pretty hard. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with C. C. I C is the right answer. Mount Everest. Give her a hand. Give her a hand. Yes. All right. Do you see how these are getting increasingly difficult? Okay. Here we go. Number three. In what state was President John F. Kennedy assassinated? A. Illinois. B. Georgia. Or three, Texas. Remember, you have, you have three lifelines that you can use. Okay. I'm Remind, okay, no, I can phone a friend. You can 50, phone a friend. 50, which does not. Really yeah, which isn't here. 50, but yeah. And then pull the audience. Okay. Um, I was really bad at history. My dad can attest to this. <laughs> I'm going to phone a friend. Okay, so who would you like to ask in all of the live audience this question to? Hmm. Make sure they're a friend, because if you lose on this question, that would not be a good thing. Emily. All right. Emily, would you just stand up where you're at? In what state was President John F. Kennedy assassinated? Illinois, Georgia, or Texas? Texas, that's the correct answer. Yeah. Okay, one lifeline is gone. You, you, you saved the best one for first. I'll just let you know that one. Yeah. Uh, good job. Okay, number four. Number four. Which one of these colors is not a color in the Olympic rings? A, yellow, B, orange, or C, blue? B, orange. B, orange is correct. She doesn't even need a lifeline. She is, she's, okay, this is the last one, and you've, you've won the game show if you get this right. If I could have the lights dimmed and the music, no, I'm just kidding. All right, number five, here it is. What state only borders one other state? What state only borders one other state? A, Rhode Island, B, Maine, or C, Florida? You still have two lifelines you can use. I took geography, I swear, y'all. <laughs> I think I passed. Did I pass, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> should, we, should we help you out and remove some of the options? Would that help you? Yeah. Okay, was that, would that be a lifeline you chose choose to use? Yes. Okay, we're going to remove one of the options since it's not truly a 50-50. So what state only borders one other? One of the incorrect answers is Rhode Island. Okay, so the, that leaves Maine or Florida as the other two answers. So a good option here would be you could pull the audience and use all your lifelines and make sure that you win the game show. Would you like to do that? Florida. Is, Do you is, is that just... your final answer? <laughs> I 
You have one more lifeline you can use. I would strongly urge you to use that lifeline. Am I allowed to ask the audience a question? Yes, you can ask no, the wait, audience. Wait, 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 All no, right. An unrelated question. An unrelated question? An unrelated question. question. Uh-oh, this is On not... a scale of 0 to 10, how red is Grace's face right now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. She's going to pull the audience. So here's your, your electronic device is your hand, okay? So what state only borders one other state? All of you that think it's Florida, would you raise your hand? So we had, we had now, two guys. hands up there. I don't know if you saw them. We want to make sure we get those two. And how many of you think it's Maine? Raise your hand. All right, Grace, here's the question again. What state only borders one other? Is it Maine or Florida? Maine, that's the correct answer. Would you give her a hand? Yeah. I have a great prize. And you know what? You did so well. You're not allergic to peanuts, are you? You can have both of these prizes. That's how good you did. Would you just give her a hand? She did a good job today. That was not uh, scripted, so that really went well. Thank you, Grace. I appreciate that. Uh, I was worried about that, but you knocked it out of the park. Thank you so much for, for that. Grace used the ultimate lifelines, didn't she, to get the answers? And I believe that God has given us the same opportunity in our life. If we can come back to reality for a moment as we dive into His Word today, I believe the ultimate lifeline that God has given us is the lifeline of prayer. And we can talk directly to Him. You see, our relationship with God is based on solid communication. If our communication with our Lord and Savior is not very strong, or very consistent, then our relationship with Him is going to suffer as well. So I believe that this is one of those things that God knew, that we would get so busy with life, that we would have so many distractions in our world that would take us away from that relationship with Him, that He created for us this incredible lifeline to be able to talk to Him whenever we need to. Aren't you thankful for prayer? You see, God speaks in many different ways. He can speak through His Word, His, the Bible. We read the Bible. We get His insight from, from His Word. He speaks uh, through prayer and through talking to Him. I think the Lord speaks to us through other people at times and through wise counsel. Sometimes we have to be careful whether it's wise counsel or unwise counsel. But the Lord speaks to us through other people. I believe the, that the Lord speaks to us through our circumstances as well. And there's times that we go through things in life where, where God's trying to show us something. How many of you have ever prayed, God, show me a sign? Only a few of you. Okay. When you prayed that prayer, were you driving past a billboard that was the answer to your sign? Not always, but there's times when we're like, God, show me a sign, and then everything that happens in our, in our life and our circumstances seem to point us back to those things that we're looking for. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that God works through those various things that are going on. But God speaks to us through our prayer time. He speaks to us through the words that we say to Him, through the, the meditation of our heart, through the quietness and the stillness of our devotion with Him. So I want to ask you a few questions today that have to do with prayer. When we pray, we use words. We we use words to speak and to uh, utter 
uh, declaration and utter request to the Lord. So I want to ask you this question. Have you ever taken an inventory of, your, of the words that you say? Now let me be more specific in this. How, how many of you have taken an inventory of the words you have said this week? Has anybody examined the words they've said this week? We've got to be careful, don't we? How many of you have examined the words you've said just even today? Sometimes we might let them, some things fly that we just can't even realize. I think it's very important for us to understand that we must be very careful to inventory the words that we speak. James talks about our words being having the power to, to speak life and to speak death with the same mouth. And we got to be very careful, especially when we're talking to our Creator, to God, when we're talking to Him in prayer. What words are we using? Are we using the right words when we talk to God? Here's why it's important that we take inventory of our words. The words we, we say show others where our focus really is. The words that we say show others where our focus really is. I believe this is important not just in our conversations with one another. When we start talking to one another and we start using words that are very directed towards ourself, towards our circumstances, and we don't care anything about the person that we're talking to and we don't ever ask them how they're doing, that's going to show them where our focus really is. Or if you go and you talk to somebody and all you talk about is somebody else that's not even in the conversation. And all you do is you talk about them, and it may be good, it may be bad, but you just tell them what you think, and you're sharing your opinion, and you're using words that have nothing to do with the people that are involved in the conversation. That shows where our focus really is. We've got to be very careful with the words that we choose to say, because the words that we choose to say show others where our focus really is. And I believe the same is true in our prayer life. The words we pray, the things we say when we're talking to God, can reveal our heart to Him. Can reveal our heart to Him. So I believe it's very important that we tap into this ultimate lifeline of prayer and we talk to God. I want us to look at our text this morning. Our text is from Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. We're starting this series with the prayer that Jesus taught His disciples to pray. But I believe that, that God wants to show us some, some basic elements of this prayer and how we can use it to pray in our own lives. So here's our text this morning from Matthew chapter 6. Starting with verse number 5. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. And then again, these are Jesus' words. Verse 9, 
pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food that we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Hmm. I believe from this prayer, there's a lot that we could take from this prayer. We could go in many different directions with this message. We could, we could touch on many different things, but I want us to touch on three basic elements of prayer this morning. Three basic elements of prayer this morning that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. The first one is this. Prayer is simply talking to God. Prayer is simply talking to God. As I've been able to teach people about prayer, and I've been able to be taught about prayer, and, and, and learn more and more about prayer, the, the most important thing that I've learned about talking to God is this. God loves me. God loves you. You are His prized creation. You are the only thing that matters to Him at that moment when you're going to Him in prayer. Therefore, prayer is simply talking to somebody we can trust. Talking to somebody who loves us. Talking to somebody who cares more about us than anybody else in this world. In other words, <laughs> prayer is simply talking to the safest person we can. Talking to God. Using words to speak to our Creator. It's a simple way to, to teach about prayer, just simply talking to Him as we talk to those of us around us and we talk to our friends and our parents and our kids and we talk to so many people and we use words in, in, in so many different ways, but really prayer is simply talking to God. Talking to God. When we talk to God, I want us to think about three principles that we can gather from God's Word that will help us to, to simply just talk to Him. Talk to Him. Matthew 7, 7 says this, And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will be given what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Again, Jesus is continuing to teach His followers about how to talk to God. How to talk to Him. So the first principle I think that, that we need to see in the prayer is just talking to God is this. We need to talk to God like a child talks to a father. Like a child talks to a father. You see, it was a great honor and a privilege to call God our Father. And I think in our day and age, we take that for granted. We use the term, and I use it a lot when I pray, as I start my prayers with Father God, or our Father in heaven, or I address Him as Father. I address Him as, as God the Father, and I do that a lot personally. And sometimes I don't even think about it. But did you know that in the Old Testament, it was almost, it was almost, not quite, but it was so frowned upon, nobody called God Father. There was not that same relationship. And so in the Old Testament, they would refer to themselves as servants of God. 
instead of God as their father. And so they would, they would not refer to God in a relational sense. And, and that's something we need to realize today, that when we're talking about prayer and we're talking about communicating with the Father, that we have the privilege, we have the honor to talk to God like a child talks to their father. Let me give you an illustration on this. I have four kids at home. I love all of my kids. I'm so thankful for my kids. But one of the things that my kids do that sometimes in, in my flesh, in my fatherly flesh that drives me nuts, and I didn't realize it until this week that they were doing a God thing and I needed to check my heart. Amen? How many of you parents have kids that just constantly, constantly nag you about something? Never? Man, I guess this illustration is going to blow, Chad. I'm sorry. I've got kids that will just, Dad, can I have a snack? Dad, can I have a snack? Dad, can I have a snack? Go eat something. Dad, can I get a drink? Dad, can I drink this? Dad, can I do this? Yes. Let me answer you before you ask me five times. But what are they doing? They're a child that's looking for a response. They're looking for an answer. They're going to somebody who has an answer that they want, that they don't have, but they're going to them because they know they have the answer. They know it's somebody that cares for them. They know it's somebody that loves them, somebody that wants to, to take care of them. And no matter how annoying they can be, they don't care about that. They care about the fact that they're going to their father for help. As I was studying this week, I thought, God, forgive me. Ian, Emma, you're in here today. Forgive me for being annoyed with your repetition. Forgive me for not being a father who understands that a child needs to go to their father with repetition. Why? Because we know he's got the answer. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed for something just one time. And if, if you ever have, and God's answered it right away, praise be to Him. Amen? But we constantly need to be talking to God like a child talks to a father. We've got to continually be asking. We've got to continually be seeking. We've got to continually be knocking. Why? Because Jesus' words say that we just read in Matthew 7, 7, that when we do that, we will find the answer. He will give it to us. Isn't that good news? My children are coming to me, asking me, asking me, asking me. Why? Because they know I have the answer for them. We've got to go and pray to God, talk to God like a child talks to his father. Principle number two, we need to talk to God like a subject to a king. There's a reverence here in this prayer. There's, there's, there's a prayer that in some translations, and many of you probably heard it this way, when Jesus begins to teach us how to pray, he says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What does that word mean? That, mean? that word means holy. That means honored. That means set apart. That means you are above anything else. You are the king of my life. You are the one that I go to. You are the one that has it all figured out. You are the one that's in control. You are the one that's in charge, not me. And I'm coming to you because you are the king of my life 
and I'm just a subject in your kingdom that's wanting to hold you in high esteem. In our society today, and, and I've noticed this speaking of TV, um, it used to be that on TV shows when they would use the Lord's name in vain, they would bleep that out. They don't do that anymore. You notice that? When, when somebody uses the Lord's name in vain, it's become so happenstance, it's become so common that, that even the TV censors allow it now. Not that that's a big standard, but it, it's become so normal. I would, I would, as we inventory our own words this week, I would challenge you, I'd encourage you, see how many times people use the Lord's name in vain around you and they don't even think about it. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. You guys got really quiet because your pastor just did the same thing. But how many times has that become normal? I may have shared this story with you before when I was growing up as a little kid in, in Pueblo, Colorado. We would play outside. I know that's a novel concept too, but uh, um, we would go play football in the street or baseball in somebody's yard. And There were times where, where we'd have our friends in the neighborhood come to our yard and play. And my brother, who's, who's a few years younger than me, he, was got, he got so... My brother's a rule follower. He and I are both alike in that. We, we follow rules. And so we knew that the G word and, and JC used in the wrong context was out of line, and that was not okay. And so we had a house rule that if you came and played in our yard, you could not use the Lord's name in vain. And Brady was a stickler for this. He was probably six, seven years old, and we'd be playing football, and somebody'd drop a pass, and they'd blurt out the Lord's name in vain, and Brady would get right up in their face. The kid's twice his size. Go home right now! You don't say that word in our yard! I don't care! Go home! And he'd send them home. I'm like, Brady, we can't play now. You send out the players home. He's like, they're not going to say that in our yard. And so one day, this kid came back. We still, still played, and this kid that Brady sent home came back, and he stood on the sidewalk. And Brady's like, you can't be here. You're not going to play if you're going to say words like that. He's, and he got all lippy with him. Oh, I'm on the sidewalk. I'm not on your yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he got tired of waiting. He's like, come on, guys. I really want to play. I really want to play. And my little brother, six years old, went up to him and said, here's the deal. You can play, but you're not going to say that word here. You're not going to talk like that. You're going to watch your words and you're going to watch what you say or you're not going to play with us. Guess what the kid did? He stayed and played and he didn't say the Lord's name in vain. Why is that? Because even at that young age, my brother was like, you know what, when we talk to God, that name is hallowed. That name is holy. That name is set apart. He is the king of our life. Amen? It needs to be as a subject talking to a king. You know, sometimes that's, that's scary though. Sometimes that's scary because we think if we're going to the king's presence, we need to, we're, we're probably intimidated by that. But I'm so thankful that we started with the first principle, amen? We can go to the king like a child goes to a father. They work hand in hand. So we got to remember that when we're hallowing his name and we're lifting it up, that we can still approach him and say, you know what? You are a king and I reverence you and I give you all the praise and glory, but you're still my daddy. I'm still coming to you as somebody who needs you. We can approach the king as a servant. 
with confidence because He's also our Father. Principle number three, we need to talk to God like a servant to a master. In heaven, everything happens God's way. Did you know that? Aren't you thankful for that? I think sometimes, I know I, know I have, I can't speak for you. When I've prayed this prayer before, I, I kind of probably jump over that. May your kingdom come in, in the way I learned it. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. His kingdom in heaven, there is no evil. There is no sin. There is no bad stuff going on. And when we pray, God, may your kingdom come in heaven as it is, and come to earth as it is in heaven, we're really saying, God, we want your perfect world to happen here. We want your kingdom to come and reign and rule right here where we're at. May we get a glimpse of heaven because we need you here. But here on earth, the Bible tells us that God is not the master of earth right now. God is not the master of earth right now. He's given dominion over to the enemy. That's why when Jesus came and he was tempted, Satan took him up and said, I've got all of this. It can be yours. How did he have all of this? Because he was given rule and reign here. And that's, that's, that's why we live in an evil world, if we really think about it. It's a battle that we're fighting over and over and over. But when we pray and we talk to God like a servant to a master, we need to realize that we don't serve the enemy. We don't serve that master anymore. Amen? We don't serve the one who doesn't want heaven's kingdom to come down to earth. And so we'll say things that, we need, that sometimes we get flippant with and we say, you know what, we're, we're all God's children and we're, we're all His children and, and, and it's, He's just going to take care of all of us because we're all His children. I get why people say that, but that's not exactly true. You see, Jesus told the Pharisees, the church people of the day, He said, there's some of you that are children of the devil. Whew. If Jesus walked in these doors and looked you in the face. Who's your father? Who's your master? And I believe that if we're going to pray and talk to God like a servant to the master, we better make sure that it's His will being done in our life. Amen? And not the devil's will being done in our life. Or my will being done in my life. Because when we talk to God, we've got to talk to Him as a servant talks to His Master. We've got to get out of the way of praying prayers that become selfish. Fall into the trap of only praying for things because we expect God to just take, it, take care of it like our, our wish list. God is not the Amazon one-button shopping button. Okay? God wants us to talk to Him as a child to a father, as a, <laughs> as a servant to a master, as a subject to a king. Simply talking to God. The second thing we need to see that prayer is today is that prayer is simply asking God. Asking God. As we continue through this prayer that Jesus gave us an example, 
he gives us another three areas to ask for. I, I, love, I love his uh, systematic thinking. I'm a systematic thinker, so I love an intro, three points, and a conclusion. Amen? But it's also really fun when God gives you an intro, three points, with three sub-points for each point, and a conclusion that's three points. Amen? And we don't get to eat dinner till there's three o'clock. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Prayer is simply asking God, but there's three areas really quickly that He gives us that we need to ask for. And I want to go through these with you. Request number one is this. We need to go to God daily. We need to go to God daily. He doesn't tell us to, to, to come to Him and pray in this prayer specifically. Early in the morning, you need to pray this prayer. Middle of the day, you need to pray this. And at the end of the day, you need to pray. He doesn't tell us that here. But what He does say is, in the prayer, He says, Give us today. Give us today. That's a present tense prayer. That's a present tense conversation. The request that we need to realize today is that we need to go to Him every single day. If you think you've got a handle on your life so well that you don't need to go to God every single day, you need to look in the mirror and see who's really on the throne. If you have such a good handle on things that you can't remember the last time you prayed for God to God for something important, you need to look in the mirror. Because we need to be going to Him daily. Daily. Go to God in prayer. Every breath we have is a gift from God. Every morsel of bread is a provision He's given us. And He only wants to meet our needs, but He desires to be asked. We know that, that God knows our needs before we even ask. But what He really wants from us is He wants us to talk to Him. He wants us to ask Him. I want to go back to that illustration about my kids for a minute. Alicia would get on to me when I would get on to the kids for constantly asking for that kind of stuff. And, and, and she's like, why do you keep getting on to it? I said, because I'm annoyed by it. I had a bad motive and a bad reasoning. But here's something else. I just wanted to make sure that they were talking to me. That was part of it. Dad, can I go get a snack? Alicia's like, why do you make them ask you for a snack? Because otherwise they probably wouldn't talk to me. I know you want to go down to the square and eat dinner, but I also know you don't have a job, so I know that you need money to go do that. So guess what? Ask me for it. How many times do we just assume that God knows what's going on? How many times do we say, you know what? I said it this morning in our prayer time. God, I don't want to bother you with this. I don't want to bother you with this. You already know the details. You already know what's happening. I don't want to go to you with this. And God says, just ask me. Just talk to me. Prayer is simply talking to God. And prayer is simply asking Him. Request number one, we've got to do it daily. We've got to do it daily. Request number two is we've got to ask for daily forgiveness. It's supposed to lead us to forgive others as Jesus' prayer teaches us here. Verse 12, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. See, our forgiveness should lead us to forgive others. Amen? That's a whole other message. 
our forgiveness daily needs to be a request that's on our lips because we need it. We need the forgiveness of salvation. We need the overall cleansing of our, of our, of our soul spiritually. We need that. And as good Nazarenes, we're going to sit here and you could come to me and you could, you could argue with me as a good Nazarene. We don't have to keep praying for forgiveness. God forgave us. And we can now keep moving in that, in that, in that uh, progress of Christ-likeness. I completely agree with that. But here's an issue I have with it, is when we forget about that bad attitude that we had on Tuesday, did we ever stop and ask for forgiveness that day? Does that mean we have to go all the way back to the beginning when we first committed our life to Christ? No, it doesn't. It's just like in Peter and Jesus' relationship. Jesus is, is with the disciples, and nobody was there to wash their feet. And Jesus gets a towel, he takes out his, off his outer garment, and he starts washing their feet. Peter has a hissy fit. Jesus, you are not going to wash my feet. Bless God, I've already been clean. And Jesus says, you will have no part of me, Peter. Well, well, Jesus, I've already bathed this week. Well, Peter, sometimes we just need a daily foot washing to keep us going. Peter's then like, okay then, have your way. That's my, that's my interpretation. You can go read it for yourself, okay? But Jesus basically says to Peter, Peter, we're going to have complete forgiveness, but you're going to have moments where you just need to wash your feet. Amen? You're going to have moments when you say some words that you didn't take inventory over and it messes up somebody else's life. Well, I've already been forgiven of all my sins. Yes, you have. Praise God. But we need to daily ask God, God, check my heart. Check my heart today. And if there's something in my, in my life today that is, that is separating me from you, that's causing a division in our communication lines, would you reveal that to me? Because I need your forgiveness today. I need you to wash my feet. I need you to wash my feet. We need daily forgiveness. And finally, the third request is we need daily strength and guidance. Many times in our prayer life, we pray for after-the-fact things. We're asking God to forgive us for past sins. We ask God to clean up the mess that we've already made. But rather than be a prayer for the past... Why can't we be uh, problem preventers and prayers for the future? Why can't we pray a prayer like this? Lord, can you keep me from going down the wrong path today? Would you help me to have strength to say no to the world and to the devil? Would you give me guidance to say no to my fleshly desires? That's what Jesus is teaching us. Verse 13, and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Don't let us yield to temptation. Well, pastor, we're good Nazarenes. We believe that once you're saved and sanctified, that you're, you're on your way to heaven being holy. Amen, bless God. But I guarantee you, as I stand here before you, and I don't have it figuratively with credentials in hand as a Nazarene elder, I would say to you that as long as you are above ground, you will face temptation. 
As long as you are living in an evil world, you are going to face things that cause you to think about what you want to do about it. And as long as you're above ground, I'm here to tell you that God gives us a promise that we can flee from temptation. We don't have to give in. We don't have to sin every single day. I agree with that. I completely agree with that. But I do need to ask for daily strength and guidance to get me through. That's the process of being made like Christ. That's the process of walking with Him every single day. I've got to pray daily. I've got to ask for daily forgiveness. And I've got to pray and ask for strength and guidance throughout my day. Prayer is simply talking to God. Prayer is asking God. And finally, prayer is praising God. In verse 13, the second half, it says, but rescue us from the evil one. That's the New Living Translation. The NIV says, deliver us from the evil one. Did you realize that's a victory statement? It's a victory statement. He's claiming victory. Deliver us from the evil one. Rescue us from the bondage of sin. Take it away from us. Why? Because we have victory over that. That's good news. When we go to Him and we start asking for these daily forgiveness and daily strength and guidance, then we better not forget that we need to start praising Him because the victory is ours. I believe it's very important that we see that prayer is not just about using words that put our requests on the line. Prayer is simply talking to God. Prayer is asking for things. But we must remember to continually give Him praise. Continually give Him praise. The measure of how close we are to God can be measured in our prayers of who are we talking about the most. Let me give you a little example from this prayer. From beginning of this prayer to the end of this prayer, the object is God. We have every right to ask for our needs to be met. Jesus teaches us to do so. But we're asking somebody who has the answer and the means to fulfill those requests. You see, in this short prayer, in some translations, it was only 66 words in total. 66 words. 24 of those words are devoted to God and to praise Him. A third of the prayer is praising Him. A third of the prayer is giving Him what is rightfully His. Have we taken an inventory of our words lately? 28 of those words are words for our needs and requests. And the other third is us simply talking to God. Prayer doesn't have to be hard. Prayer doesn't have to be something that causes a hurdle in our walk with the Lord. Prayer is simply talking to God. Simply asking Him to meet our needs on a daily basis. Simply praising Him for the victory that is ours. Because of Him. Amen? 
as we continue to walk through life doing our best to live holy and godly lives, there's going to be times when we need some help along the way. There's going to be times when we're going through a valley where we don't need to go through it alone. I don't know, I don't know how many times I heard that saying this week. Pastor, you realize you're not in this alone. I said, yeah, I'm so thankful for that. And how many times I've said that to other people. Hey, you're not in this alone. Here's a really cool thing about Pittsfield Church of the Nazarene. We believe in doing life together. And one of the ways we do that, if you just take your outline, you flip it over, or turn it back right side out, you'll see that front image on there. It says prayer. CLG 2.0, that's a clever marketing scheme made up by your pastor. Stands for Community Life Groups 2.0. Why 2.0, you might ask? Well, let me tell you. 2.0 is because the first time we did this, if you remember, a little over a year ago, we stopped everybody and we had a united focus in our small groups, which is our growth step of our church, where we grow with one another and we grow in relationship with one another, but we also grow as we learn about the Lord and walk with Him. And we do that in community. We do that in groups. We do that not just on Sunday mornings at a service like this, but we do that more intimately when we go and we share life with one another. And so we want to give you an opportunity once again as a whole church to say, you know what? We want to pause what we're doing and we want to unite together as the body of Christ that is Pitchfield Church of the Nazarene and we want to do life together. And so I want to encourage you. How many of you right now Go to a class on Sunday mornings. Would you just raise your hand? Would you be brave enough to raise your hand? Thank you. Amen. How many of you, hands down, how many of you go to a class on Wednesday nights? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. How many of you go to a class on Thursday nights? Somebody's looking at me like I'm weird. I just didn't know if maybe you had your own group that met on Thursday nights. You know, that's a good way for you to do life together. You guys meet on Tuesday nights, right? No. Monday nights. Yeah. So there's other groups that are meeting. The whole point of this is that we come together because this is where community and life happens. That's why they're called community life groups. So here's what we're going to be doing. You just heard this message. If you know somebody that wasn't here today, they can go to our website probably tonight, maybe tomorrow, and it'll be there tomorrow as well. So if they didn't hear it, they can go and they can listen to the message. But what this message is going to do is it's going to drive our discussion in our groups for the next five weeks. And so I would encourage you, if you don't come to a class on Sunday mornings, maybe check one out. We've got a, a class over here called the Challengers class, and it's made up of wonderful, wise people. And if you're one of those people, you need to go in there and, and maybe see what's going on. Maybe share life together. If you go come and you don't want to go into the challengers class, you can go upstairs to Miss Anel's class, and uh, I don't know what your name is. The Ever Ready class is the name of the class. I don't know if they have a name for their class, but they're going to pause and they're going to do this as well. You can go over to the coffee house, which is just on the other side of the parking lot here, and, and Fred teaches a class over there and a group over there that gets together. You could even go into the youth group. Over here where Jack and Doug teach with the teens, if you want to go and get their perspective on things, it's a great place. Here's what I'm doing from the pulpit today. I'm giving you permission, once again, to start going to a group. Well, Pastor, I've been going to the same group for 30 years. Thank you. Appreciate that. But I'm giving you permission this time that if you want to hit pause on that and go check out a new group or a different group, 
you have permission to do that. Nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to worry and, and think differently of you. You can go to that group with confidence. Why? Because we're all doing the same thing. We just want to grow together and help one another. And so the whole point of this is so that we can come united in prayer. And the whole topic for the next five weeks is going to be on prayer and, and how prayer can change our lives, how, how to pray today. There's going to be a whole slew of different ways that we're going to talk about prayer. In fact, as a, as a pastor, as a preacher, I've said this before and I'll say it again, I could preach on prayer every single week and never run out of material. It's that important to our life. And so I want to encourage you in the next five weeks, just give us five weeks. If you're not in a group right now, just give us five weeks. Get into a group, get plugged in, and start living life together. And, and in that five weeks, we're going to unite around this theme of prayer. We're going to learn about prayer. And the whole driving force is leading us up because in six weeks, we're going to start our fall revival with Dr. Harold Graves and Brian Arner and his family. And if we're not praying in preparation for God to revive us, for Him to renew us, for Him to do something in us that is new, that's exciting, then it really doesn't matter that we have these services. And so I believe it's important as your pastor that we unite around prayer. We begin praying together. We begin learning about prayer. We begin trying to pray differently. We begin to, to use different elements. Why? Because it's so important that we talk to the Lord. We talk to Him. We ask Him and we praise Him. My, my closing question to you is this. Are you teachable in your prayer life? Are you teachable in your prayer life? Here's what I mean by that. <clears throat> you may have been a Christian longer than I've been alive. But if we're not willing to be taught something new, something different, then we're missing out on something valuable. So I want to encourage you, in your time of prayer this week, to take an inventory of the words that you use. Are the words you're using geared towards you, or are they geared towards others and Him? And the second thing is this, are you going to be teachable in your prayer life? Would you stand with me? If you are a leader of one of those small groups or those classes and you have not gotten your material for this week, see me after church. I want to make sure you get your material. And that way we're all on the same page going forward. Are you glad you came to church this morning? Yes. Amen. God is good all the time. God is good. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me this morning? Abba, Father, you have showed up once again. For that we are thankful. Would you take care of our daily needs today? Would you make sure that we all have a meal to eat today? Would you forgive us today, Lord, for our sins? Maybe we've never asked you for that today, but God, we... We ask you today, Lord, we put our trust in you today. Will you forgive us of our sins? Maybe we've asked that prayer, but we've kind of had a bad attitude this week. God, would you wash our feet today? Would you help us to start fresh and clean? Would you help us, Lord, 
to then forgive others <laughs> as you've forgiven us. And Lord, I pray as we leave this place today where it's safe, where it's comfortable, where we're all kind of on the same page and we walk out into a world that thinks differently than us, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to not give in to temptation, to not run to the things that are comfortable and easy that fit into the world. But God, I pray that you rescue us from the evil one. Deliver us from the enemy. Because Lord, we pray that your kingdom would come here on earth as it is in heaven. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen, amen and amen. Have a great day. We'll see you tonight at 7.